Welcome to Sales and Marketing Fry Talks, where we share insights, best practices and anecdotes from technology companies. Join us live on LinkedIn or subscribe to our podcast. And now to the new episode. And this time, uh, I think uh, we uh, both at least uh, with Rollins are super exciting, excited to have our special guest. Um, who is an expert in the pricing strategies and the pricing models. And uh, uh, we have seen this topic uh, popping up all the time, like how we should price our services, our products, and what would be the right way, um, especially when it comes to the entering uh, an international markets, new markets, and so on and so forth. And we see a, quite a significant tendency, uh, especially among um, Eastern European companies to really use this uh, kind of less expensive pricing as a as a one of the key strategies for them to attract new customers. But is it really worth it? And that's the question what we would like to address today together with our special guest, as I already mentioned, the founder of the Soft Fight, uh, Emmanuel uh, Martonza. And uh, welcome, Manuel. And um, welcome. Yeah, let's jump in into the topic but before that thank you, uh, thank you it would be good. great to be here yeah uh it would be really good that you maybe um introduce yourself a little bit to the audience so that uh, from where this specific competence is coming so uh why did you uh specialize on the pricing what 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 actually was the reason for that it's actually the intersection of uh, two tracks that I've been on in my life. One was that I worked as a product manager in a bank for a long time, and that mm-hmm. le- helped me learn about pricing. And then for many years, I worked in software companies selling services and products. And that's where I brought them together and realized that I can, uh, I can help companies and founders, especially in our part of the world, to be able to capture more of the value that they already create for their clients. And this is one of the, the issues why uh, so many software tech companies in, uh, in Southern Eastern Europe sell with low prices because they don't mm-hmm. have the, the optimal view and they don't see the value that they create for the customers or they don't know how to monetize it. And that's something that we can uh, help correct. Yes. Uh, can you talk a bit uh, from your perspective what is the impact of not paying attention to pricing in companies? What, what problems they are, they are facing? Mm-hmm. I have a list on my own, but I would like to also hear, hear, hear your perspective. Yeah, trying to keep it uh, simple and uh, looking at the, mo- the biggest impact, you can basically do this wrong in two ways. Either you price too low, which means mm-hmm. that you have customers, you grow, but you're making a lot less money than you should which will then impact the long-term viability and it will uh, not help you to have enough money for marketing, for sales, for growing the company. Right. The other Mm -hmm. direction is when you price your uh, product or services too high and then you don't get customers. And this can also be combined with simplicity over complexity. Sometimes if you make it too simple, it might seem like a good idea, but actually you're gonna lose. And if you make it too complex, again, you're going to lose customers. So you need to find the right balance between the level of the price in terms of the actual amount that you charge, but also the pricing model. 
And many times the pricing model is even more important than the, the amount. Yes, like uh, from my perspective, what I what I see in market, and I have been vocal about that for 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 quite a while, is indeed that pricing is a problem, and uh, many IT companies, particularly in services, they have uh, set their pricing for basically good and stable times. If orders keep on coming, if I have a queue of customers standing outside of doors, I can survive mm -hmm. with such such pricing quite comfortably. But if market downturn happens, as as we feel has 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 happened if if sales is on decline if you don't have a queue of customers standing outside your doors if you are charging too little you cannot suddenly you know find uh, find investment in 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 marketing in sales start building up brand awareness etc etc so uh, so a part of other things like uh, like you know owners not making money or making less money than it's possible they also uh, they also risk their business because they if if something happens in market if they have been pricing too 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 low, they may just you know sink their business uh, business altogether. That that's one of the tragedies of pricing is that it's such an important aspect of the way we do business, and it has an outsized impact on the profitability, on the viability of the company. But people typically don't think about it, and they ignore it for long stretches of time until it hurts, and then some. You can still make corrections and you can still improve, obviously, but it would, it would have been much better to think about it at the right uh, at the right moment. And also, when you mentioned good times, I've seen many companies who are still doing okay, in, in, even in the current context. And one of their difficulties is that they cannot raise prices when they should. Uh, their costs are increasing. They still have customers. They still have projects. But mm -hmm. because of hybrid work and remote work and the fact that now anyone can work for any big company anywhere in the world, salaries have increased a lot, but their prices have not. So the only ones which are squeezed are the owners and the company itself, which has uh, much lower margins than they should. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now um, that we established the problem, what would be your, your approach? What would you suggest them to do? What, what should they start with? Or how to wrap their head around the issue of pricing, which often is quite quite complex complex thing. It is complex, and there's also this uh, wrong impression that pricing is more art than science, which for engineers and uh, methodical business people leads them to think that okay, I, I, there's not much I can do. I'm not an artist. I'm not a magician. I don't have experience. I don't have enough intuition about it, so it's better not to touch it. Just they typically apply very simplistic models that they see either with the competition or successful companies without looking at their context, without taking into account that maybe something that worked five years ago will not work this year and so on. So th this is the, the problem by itself. The solution is rather simple. They just need to spend more time on it. The more time you think about pricing, read about pricing, listen to podcasts, listen to talks like we're having now, seeing, discussing about it with the customers, discussing with the colleagues, the more time you spend on it, the more you realize that there aren't many options. There's no one formula that you can easily apply. You just need to find the right formula for your context, for your objectives. And that's where they need to start from, the business objectives. And then based on that, go step by step, look at the customers, the value they provide, the pricing model that is appropriate for that type of context, 
and then try to validate to test the ex experiment and then they will surely find the not the perfect model it's very difficult to to reach the point where you have perfect pricing and all the problems are solved but you mm -hmm. can be much closer to that point and you can have an optimum model but uh, i know so uh, looking at the, these pricing models as you mentioned that many people just uh, follow what uh, is kind of um, let's say already exists in the industry right let's say yeah. an hourly rate or i don't know some per seat, per seat pricing or, for per SaaS, seat or yeah. whatever yeah. else especially as if, if you're talking about the SaaS company right yeah. but uh, um can can, can you just uh, maybe mention from your experience what are these uh, typical models what uh, what maybe could be considered if you think of the SaaS uh, business in particular or maybe services as well on the on the product side for companies that have uh, a product a platform where they can sell a subscription mm -hmm. these are the, the the two models that mostly used are subscription where you have a mm -hmm. an amount per month which covers some features some functionality whether it's right. with different packages or not, it doesn't matter. It's still a subscription. And you have per seat pricing where you pay for each user that uh, you have in the platform. In the past few years, there's been uh, a positive dynamic of moving towards usage-based pricing, mm -hmm. where you don't have the number of users as the main metric, but you find the metric which is relevant to that particular context and relationship. And the best example of that is cloud computing, where you pay for G CPU resources based on how much you use. Uh, it's not so much per seat. It's not about the number of users. It's uh, the usage that's uh, important. And this has been applied by many companies in many sectors of the, of mm -hmm. the software world. On the services yeah. side, hourly billing was the norm. And it still is for many companies, but it's definitely not the right one for most of them uh, and you can use for shorter term projects you can do productized services for medium term mm -hmm. projects you can do sprint based billing or per module per feature to have a model where you link the value that you provide to the customer with right. the actual billing cycle and for much longer uh, contracts you can have retainers whether that's monthly quarterly or different combinations but in any case there is no one size fits all. And that's, again, the, the problem with, with pricing is that people take simplistic models and they apply them regardless of their context. And that's worse than spending a lot of time thinking about it and doing something that maybe it's not perfect, but it's still better. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, from my side, I can say that, uh, that uh, when researching B2B technology buyer's behavior, what we, what we, <laughs> what we see again and again is that Actually, the relationship of pricing is with price is extremely weird. Now uh, we had uh, actually I'd, Andres found uh, found the research recently. We actually talked about it once, which um, basically there was a su survey uh, or research of buyers before they make a purchase. So uh, they were asked uh, how important are different uh, criteria in making decisions, and they said that pricing actually is the most important criteria. And here's the trick. Actually, I think that if you if you ask most buyers, that's what they would say. And if you ask your sellers, 
talk with their buyers and ask what's the most important before they have done purchase, they will say, yes, pricing is most important. So it can lead to company mistakenly assume that pricing is so important that they have to cut costs, they have to charge their customers very little and so on. However, in the same research, when they asked after the purchase, what were the criteria or why specific offering or vendor was selected, pricing was not even in the top five criteria whatsoever. Important things were understanding of, of a buyer's business model, um, explaining the product, marketing content, etc., etc. And all these are subjective, uh, subjective things which relate to value. And basically, I would say that in, 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 unless you are selling, let's say, oil or other tradable goods uh, where it's possible to establish the value and respectively price and demand and, and, and supply, uh, pricing is highly, highly manipulative. And actually, marketing is the right way uh, to invest in awareness, in value perception, and so on, which again supports this is, this the increase, is the, this is the increase key, of pricing. This, this is directly the, the key to, to, to this problem, which is the value perception. And yes. when you look through the lens of pricing, you can and you should put an economic spin on it. So it's not only mm -hmm. about value as a subjective matter that can just be described or you just hope that people will buy or like what you're selling. You can quantify the value that you create, especially in B2B, whether it's services or products, it doesn't matter. You, your clients are businesses, which means that they want to make money. That's, and, and many of their decisions, internal decisions, are driven by competing interests for the same budget and for the same investment resources. What you can do is to evaluate how much value you create for them, quantify that value, and then position your pricing and express it in a way so that it's clear for the buyer that what they're getting is a very good deal because they're paying a lot less than how much they're making. And whether exactly. they're making that amount by having higher revenues or lower costs or just mitigating some risk or solving operational issues, it doesn't matter. What's important is that you quantify this because if you don't quantify it as a seller, the buyer will not do that. Most of the time, they will not have the time, the resources, the interest to, mm -hmm. to quantify it. And that's why you have to do it so that anytime you put a price in front of the, of the buyer, your price is not compared either with your lower cost competition, which maybe doesn't provide the same type of value, or it's compared yeah. with something else that you cannot control like uh, the license they paid last month for a completely different type of software, which has nothing to do with what you're doing. But if that is their anchor and that's what they're using to compare you with, then you're already lost. Yeah? And that's why you need to quantify this value and put a number in front of the customer, which is realistic, which is credible, which can be achieved, and at the same time puts your price in a good light. Yeah, but uh, I think you know, uh, this uh, value part, what you just mentioned, is one of the probably most critical and uh, most uh, underestimated uh, among uh, you know those companies. What both of us are working, and I can just uh, for illustration give you uh, my example, and you just reminded me also about that. Uh, uh, when when I was interviewing a few customers on behalf of my client. Right, and uh, the client itself was really kind of uh, cautious about pricing. He was assuming that actually customers are 
maybe thinking that he's overpriced and stuff like that. And uh, the funny thing is that when I just directly asked, hey, what do you think about the pricing of this uh, particular SaaS service? <clears throat> um, and uh, the feedback, not just from one customer, but from uh, several of them was that, you know, actually, I don't care. I even a bit worried that it's too, too cheap. And I'm wondering how do they keep, uh, you know, developing this product? Because the clients, uh, the customers of my client were like big enterprises and uh, the amount what they are annually were paying for this particular service was, you know, around the, 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 this minor error, what they in general have in their IT budget. So it was so insignificant uh, in context of their IT budget that, Actually, they, they were not looking at the pricing as one of the key, let's say, elements. Instead, for them, it, it was much more important to have assurance that product will be developed, that there is a quality behind that, that there is a qualified team who can support them and they eliminate any possible risks which can actually create uh, possible errors or, or problems with the product. That was much more important. And heavily underestimated by this particular client when uh, he was assuming about his uh, his pricing strategy. Yeah, but to, to have that kind of insight and to have that visibility into the buying process mm -hmm. of your customers, you need to get out. You need to ask them. You need to talk to them about exactly. pricing. Yeah? And yeah. most people avoid the topic. They don't want to discuss about it. To, to, and to illustrate this, I, I have a very simplistic way of, of, of uh, talking about this when we think about a company at the beginning, whether it's a new startup, somebody who just mm -hmm. wants to start, whether mm -hmm. it's an established company that wants to launch a new product. What, what's the typical approach? It's we, we have an idea. We either we build it or we describe it on paper and we say, okay, these are the services we want to provide. Then we calculate the costs because it's easy to make an Excel file and just add up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how much it's going to cost. And then we say, if these are the costs, this is the price. We add the margin on top. And then we start thinking, oh, now we need the marketing team or we need someone to describe the value, to package it. And then we'll, have, we'll hire a sales team to find customers. This is the, the, the typical approach. <laughs> what if we do it the other way around? What if we start with the customers? We decide these are the people we think we can help because they have this problem. Then we try to understand as quickly as possible how much they value solving that problem, how much they are willing to pay to have that mm -hmm. problem solved for them. Based on this, we set a price. We then go and see what do we actually need to do, how much it would cost to, to do it like that. Mm -hmm. And then we have two options. Yeah, let's say that the, they are willing to pay 100. If our costs are 20, then it's great. We have enough margin. There's enough room to build a good business, to right. pay for marketing, to get to customers. We're good. We can, we can go and build the product or the service. If they are willing to pay 100 and it would cost us 80, then we don't have the business. Yeah, we should just stop. Either we try to find other customers who maybe are willing to pay more for the same thing, or mm -hmm. we find a way to do it cheaper. But otherwise, we don't have a business. But this is, we have to look at it from the other perspective. Yes, and I think another issue is that uh, 
many companies are, I mean, once they start getting negative feedback uh, from their customers saying that uh, that the price is too high, they immediately panic and they think about discounting and so on. They very rarely uh, try to figure out if the value was properly communicated. Exactly. If they were actually talking with customer who is ideal, who fits in ideal customer profile, basically for whom the product or service was designed for, and uh, and very often they they take take it badly. Like my opinion is that uh, that there's great benefit of having, let's say, larger number of leads that you can actually serve, and then then be very selective with whom you want to work, and and also do not provide just discounts like that. Uh, Manu, Manu, what what's your opinion about that? Uh, is is that a viable approach to actually? Uh, basically live with the fact that some percentage of your customers actually cannot afford your product absolutely that that should be a decision from the beginning when when you design your service or your product aside from the list of ideal customer profile and what else we want to call it of who the customers are and how much they're going to pay and you design the offer for them you also need to decide who is not a good customer and you know they will not be able to afford yeah. it and if feedback comes from that, those types of customers, you just ignore it because you don't care about them. But, but even if you get feedback from customers you're looking for and they still say, your price is too high, and the sales team comes back and says, no, we went, we talked to customers, our prices are too high. Then my question would always be, okay, too high compared to what? Compared to how much they are willing to pay, compared to how much they were expecting to pay because they didn't have any references beforehand for this type of solution, compared to how much they can afford this year because it's not in their budget, so they don't have enough budget to pay for it, but they could pay next year, compared to what they pay for a similar solution that solves their problem, but it's much more expensive internally and have higher total cost of ownership. Yeah, you always need to calibrate very well, understand too high price compared to what? And then you can decide. And if 100% of your customers that you're looking for say that the price is too high compared to how much they can afford, then you can decide to offer a lower value version of the same solution. So you can charge less, but you also offer less. Or you find other ways to, to make it work. But it's never the solution is never discounted. Uh, the, the, the discount should be the last option for situations where you're like, I don't know, three days away from a critical moment. And if they don't sign now, you're going to lose them forever. So then, okay, give a 3%, 5%, whatever small discount you can give to, to make it work at the end. But if the discount is a part of the conversation from the beginning or from the middle of the sales process, mm -hmm. then you have much bigger problem. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. I, I think you can think about this price pressure or, or, or early requests for discounts as a sign that you have actually failed your marketing, your sales process, and you, and you haven't been able to demonstrate value. Because if you are able to demonstrate value, if you are able to demonstrate specialization, price very quickly becomes like, like irrelevant. And irrelevant to such extent that you are, you, are, you are actually able to charge multiple times more than you, than you thought if you package the, the product right, if you explain the value, if you are if you are working with the right customer and so on. And this we have heard a number of times from our guests here at, uh, at uh, Fry Talks as well. 
and uh, actually if we talk about pricing then uh, then uh, last year we had a webinar uh, about uh, partnership management and in partnership management there's always a key question okay how much of the product value should i give away to uh, to our partners and the logics here is the same you have to do calculations you have to be very very analytical understand their business and so on so i think in in pricing as in many other things uh, actually good analytics understanding of fundamentals of economics plays a really really huge role there's but, another um, important maybe... that oh, please go ahead Andre. yeah i what i wanted to ask as well is uh, manuel that uh, you know we, we can of course assume that you know we can ask customers and we can do this all the experiments but nevertheless uh, in reality we all live in the world where are there are you know a lot of alternatives right and a lot of co competition and and stuff like that so uh, from your perspective at what stage of this pricing exercise uh, you have to really do research and incorporate uh, these market references into your into your pricing strategy so what would be your advice here from the very first step. And th this is where targeting mm -hmm. is critical. As it's with for sales and marketing, knowing who your audience is and who can, mm -hmm. who, who needs your solution and who can afford to pay for it is absolutely critical. Uh, but it's also, it's not a, a quest where you try to find it somewhere out there and you bumble around and you try to find it in the, in the dark. It's actually, mm -hmm. it can be much more scientific and methodical because you can define multiple possibilities of sub-segments, segments of customers, mm -hmm. markets mm -hmm. that you can work for. And then you can apply objective criteria to decide which are the sub-segments or the customer segments which are more likely to pay how much you are willing to charge or how mm -hmm. much you need to charge to make the, this a viable business. And that's when you decide and you can go and test and experiment to validate that your assumptions are correct. But this can be done without building any product, without writing any line of code, without hiring any people. Yeah. And this is another big mistake that people make, which is that, no, we cannot think about pricing. We just need first customers. Yeah. Until we have 10 customers, I'm not going to think about pricing. It's way too late. Yeah. You, 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 you can and you should think about pricing from day one because this will influence everything you do. What you build, how, when you build it, what costs you're gonna have, everything will be influenced by pricing. So the-, the Yeah, it's, the it's a fundamental element for the, for the business case. So how otherwise exactly. you can build anything if you don't have a business case, isn't it, yeah, right? Exactly. Yes, and yeah. big mistake is, is, is just uh, when you're launching business, uh, looking at your costs, uh, looking at what you can sell it for and uh, quickly becoming happy that I can make money. Yes, you can probably make money, but you cannot cannot scale because growth requires investment. And if you haven't built in from the very beginning in your business model, uh, sales and marketing costs, then you will end up perhaps having, you know, 10 customers in your near vicinity, in your own network, and you will never be able to go internationally. Simply, there's no, no, no money for that, right? Yeah, yeah no investment capacity. Emmanuel, one another question I would like to ask is because I have seen that um, there are some innovation, of course, uh, there are a lot of innovation happening on the product side. When the product brings really something like unique value, you know, unique capabilities and AI as we can see now and so on and so forth. 
On the other hand, there are really nice examples where the pricing has been used as actually innovation uh, layer, right? And the product stays the same. And uh, we have a number of examples like, like this uh, in recent years. But where the company has innovated is the way how do they charge, the way how do they actually deliver it to the, to the clients. One thing you mentioned about the usage-based, uh, what is happening in the SaaS, however, it didn't really pick up it yet at least. But uh, uh, can, you, can you maybe elaborate a little bit more uh, on, on that part? So from your experience, uh, how much the pricing can be leveraged for the innovation, um, innovating the business model and overall product and uh, what is needed for that? You are basically describing my life right now because the only thing I, I can do from this position is to help companies optimize their pricing model without changing fundamentally what they already do. And that's what I'm typically looking at, which is mm -hmm. you can describe any business, whether it's tech or otherwise, in a very uh, simplistic way by saying they create value and they capture value. Mm -hmm. And value creation happens through engineering, product management, operations, logistics, everything that you do to create value for your customers. And then capturing that value back is also about communication, documenting the value you created, marketing, mm -hmm. sales, but also a lot about the pricing model and, the, and pricing. And most of the successful pricing projects are those where you don't touch or you don't increase your cost in terms of what you're offering and you don't change that in any meaningful way, you just repackage it and you present it in the right way to the right customers with the right pricing model. And sometimes that means just changing the metric and that, that is enough. Yeah, Moving from per seat to a hybrid model where you have subscription and usage based or moving from per hour to sprint-based pricing and services. Sometimes these models, obviously, they come with some consequences in terms of what you communicate and how you communicate it and your sales templates and so on. But these changes are typically much, much cheaper and easier to implement than any fundamental change you have to do in your product to change what you deliver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Excellent. Manuel. Uh, what would be, I mean, now so, some people, let's say, in our audience are hearing, they think, okay, we, we need to work with pricing, we could use some help. Uh, what are the ways to, to, to contact you or engage with you? Uh, I write a weekly newsletter about pricing. I've been doing this for more than two years now. And that's the, the best way to, to keep pricing on your mind. Like every week I send an email and it's like a weekly, weekly pill of reminding you that pricing is important mm -hmm. and you have to think about it. And obviously on LinkedIn, I'm trying to be as active as I can and uh, I can answer questions and help people if they, uh, they have specific uh, requests or dilemmas around pricing. So guys, everyone who is interested in getting more um, information and get smart in the pricing, uh, just follow Emmanuel on the LinkedIn and I think then uh, you will find all other uh, possible ways how to engage with him. And I think even today you have a, a webinar if, if, if this is not yes, a big secret in less, in less than one hour i'm gonna yeah do my, everyone my who weekly, wants to know more webinar. get get uh, in touch with manuel and uh and and find out how you can join this webinar to learn uh in depth on the on the pricing strategies 
otherwise i would like really to thank you uh for coming and sharing uh, and just i believe that we just started uh, this topic and we definitely will continue this conversation maybe in different formats but uh, uh, i believe that uh, this is so important topic that we need to devote uh, much more time to that and uh, you know to explore these options in more details because i i, I believe we we really you know, have a huge opportunity um, for innovation and for optimization of the pricing um, uh, uh, elements in in many in many industries and uh, product categories and, and things like that. So, thanks again uh, for joining us. Uh, everyone um, who would like to uh, to get more insights from b2b guests coming to to our show just uh, feel free to follow ibd consulting uh on the linkedin but also we have a special hashtag what we use uh, it's a fry talks uh which you know can uh, navigate you to all the uh, previous episodes to other related information on linkedin and so on and so forth um otherwise all all these uh, live sessions are also available on the podcast platforms of your choice so just search for b2b sales and marketing fry talks and uh, subscribe to that and we will appreciate if you uh, give some rating feedback and uh, you share uh, our our work because uh, with others because for us it's also important and uh, we are looking forward to uh, to your feedback and to your uh, potential questions Thanks a lot. Uh, have a great rest of the Friday and we are back in two weeks uh, for another conversation. And um, yeah, so looking forward to that. See you in two weeks. All the best. Everyone. Bye bye.